Welcome to the Girls Who Run the World podcast, where we're bringing you inspiring guests who are leaders in their industries. We'll be tackling topics from education and empowerment to diversity and inclusion. Together, let's learn from these incredible women. This podcast is brought to you by Our Gorongoza. We create specialty coffee with 100% of profits supporting people, wildlife, and the planet in Gorongoza National Park, Mozambique. Girls' education is one of our biggest priorities because we know girls have the power to change the world. Just like Beyonce said, who runs the world? Girls! Hello and welcome back to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. My name is Emily and I am your host. I'm so grateful for you all for joining us. And as usual, if you could leave us a written review or share this with a friend you know would love this content, we would so appreciate it. So let's get to today's episode. Today, I'm chatting with Anela Montage, who was the manager of business development and agricultural livelihoods in Gorongosa National Park. So for this episode, we chat about why she loves supporting Mozambican women and girls, also how to support women and girls through education. We also talked about balancing protecting her children versus exposing them to different experiences so they can learn. And we also talked about the invisible load of motherhood and managing a home and everything that that entails. I hope you loved this episode as much as I loved recording it, and we'll see you in the next one. Here's episode eight featuring Nayla. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another round of Girls Run the World Week. My name is Emily, and I work with Argorangoza, and we are on a mission to create a world where people on the planet can thrive together. Please join me in welcoming Nayla to the show. Hi, everyone. Hi, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So Nayla, just so everyone who maybe hasn't met Nayla yet, she is the manager of sustainable livelihoods in Gorongosa National Park in Mozambique. So that's her big job that she does in this world. That's me. It seems that's like you. <laughs> as much as says, it seems like uh, something uh, very strange, but it's just normal work as everyone. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, but we're twinning. We didn't even mean to. We got uh, the same <laughs> <laughs> We didn't even plan this, everyone. Just happened. Uh, I know. <laughs> so I'd love to hear, Nayla, what is your favorite Argorangoza coffee blend? Do I need to say something? <laughs> yeah, it's obviously it goes on the world. Um, I admit that I'm a little bit biased about it because uh, anything that supports skills, I mean, and then I'll discover the flavor right after, but I'm already in. But also because it's the medium roast, so it's not that weak, it's not that strong, it's somewhere in between. I like balance. For me, life is all about balance, so... I like like equilibrium and this kind of thing. So this is my favorite one. Love it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, what is your why for your life? So what gets you up in the morning and excited to do the work you do and to have the amazing impact that you're having? What is Nayla's why? Jesus, my why. 
I believe in purpose first, I must say. And I also believe that everything that you go through in life is literally to prepare you for your purpose in life. So we can either be victims of our stories and just complain, or we can learn from the experience that we go through and do something to make this world a little bit better. So my why, I think, is to help girls, especially African girls, but any girl to become the fullest version of themselves to to discover their own voices and stand for themselves because I was one of them once and I had a lot of people along my life helping me. So I I think I have to become one of those people helping other girls. Yes, I love that. We all need these supporters to get where where we've gotten and to just bring everyone along with us. I know, I know. So tell us a bit about yourself and what your life looks like in your role. Well, about myself, I'm just, uh, I assume a young woman. <laughs> a young Mozambican woman, 30 years old right now. I have a, a five-year-old daughter. I, I grew up in a single-parent household, so I, I was raised by a strong mother who raised like four uh, children by them by herself. I had no choice but learn from her on how to be strong and uh, stand for yourself. I I experienced um, lots of ups and downs in life uh, when I was young. When as uh, children, I've seen my mother going out in high heels and red lipstick <laughs> to an office, and then all of a sudden the, the 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 company that she worked for so long closed, and she was never able to work or have a formal job again. And then I have seen her switch, like, um, and start carrying bread and fish in her head and go and sell, which when she had things to do, I had to help. So I learned to adjust. I learned to see life uh, with with hope, with faith. And uh, But education was my salvation. I always had, like, people throughout the, my process helping me, even with just information, like, saying, telling me, you know that you can apply for this scholarship. They are accepting like applications and stuff, and these make a huge difference in people's life, like like myself um, at the time, because at least you have a window of opportunity. And I believe that showing up is like the first victory. And then I managed to to finish my 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 bachelor degrees. I managed to do higher education. I managed to do my masters. And uh, here I am today. So I, as I was saying before, I, I, I want to be that person for other girls like me that have maybe their future uncertain and at this moment, and that person that can just give them a, a word of hope, an opportunity, information. So for me, it's uh, my my job in Gorongosa couldn't be uh, better than knowing that I'm helping women and girls uh, have access to education, women to have access to economic opportunity and be able to take care of themselves. So I think that's a little bit of my story. I love that. Thank you. I would love to hear a little bit about what a day in the life looks like for you. I'm sure it's not the same every time, but if you could just tell us a bit about what your day might look like. (laughs) Well, when I'm working, when I'm in Gorongosa, uh, 
I wake up with, I am a planner. I wake up with a full plan in my head and then you meet Matthew and then all your plan goes upside down, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you do what it comes and it's eclectic. <laughs> I think no one can ever complain that they have a boring job because each day is individual. I might be at the office just attending meetings from the morning to tonight or I might be up the mountain with the coffee farmers like working with them and doing up and down up and down the mountain. I might be doing field visits, uh walking around the whole food districts and uh, sleeping in the in the available facility to sleep. You might have water or not. You might have electricity or not, or conditions to sleep. You just exist, and then you you do whatever you have to do each day. When I'm in Maputo, I'm working remotely, so I kind of do more of meetings, of uh, reportings, and and just kind of more office work. So no one can complain that they have a boring life here. <laughs> but when I'm on vacations. I love being at the beach. I love reading. So I try to equilibrate and balance. Otherwise, you know, you go out of of, of your own uh, balance. So basically that's it. I, I try to, I also make time to mentor, mentor people, like give them advices and show them opportunities for whatever they're looking for. And this is things that keep keep me going. That's beautiful. I love that. So if you could just explain a bit more about um, why you want to be involved. You kind of mentioned earlier you love supporting the girls and women in your community. And I would just love to hear why you want to be involved in that and why you think it's so important for us all to be involved in supporting women and girls. Mainly because I was one of them. You know, that's the main reason. Uh, When I was uh, in my early teens, I told you that my mother liked for more informal ways of living, of gaining her livelihoods. And uh, at that time, at the country, we didn't have a lot of options in public universities. And it was basically two, uh, Edward Monlan and Universidad Pedagogica. So you would have like 50 places for a course that you want to do and thousands of people applying. So it was very uncertain, like your future. Nowadays, we have a lot of um, public higher education schools that people have more options. So it was very uncertain. You never know what, what would, would come. It doesn't mean that you are not intelligent, that you did not put the work, but it's like too many people, you know, trying for that. So I, I was one of them. And this is why for me it's so important to make sure that people that are today in that situation that I was, not knowing what would come from their future, have access to alternatives. Like even information for me is just so important. Some people might not apply for things that they have chance to get just because they don't know about it, you know? So, and it's also important for people to be involved because as I said, I believe in purpose. I don't think that we are in this world just to exist, you know, and just to eat and sleep. I think that we are here for a purpose and uh, the thing is that most of the times we are so busy that we don't pay attention to to the inner voice or that 
nagging thing that tells you exactly what you have to do in life. If, and so I believe if each of us would stop to listen to what you really know you have to do uh, and try to be into the business of doing that thing, I think the world would be better because you would understand that you don't need to be in big platforms to help people. If you help your neighbor, you're doing something. If you help one of two people or two people, you are doing already something. So I think we, we need more empathy. We need more, more love for each other. So that's why I think it's important for us to try to find ways to help people around. Yes, absolutely. And I know in your work, you're directly involved in supporting so many girls and women but you make a really important point that it doesn't necessarily need to be your day-to-day -day work. You can get involved in mentorship. You can, like you said, help a neighbor um, down the street, whatever it may be. I think there's always ways that you can get involved in helping those around you. So I'm really glad you brought that up. It doesn't have to be your everyday job to be able to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So how do you think we can, as a community, better support women and girls growing up in this world? That's that's a, that's a huge one. I have so many things going through my mind right now. <laughs> I just have to filter and make it clear when yeah. I, I'm printing. I, I, I say that my, my mouth is a printer. I believe in education, maybe because education was the solution for myself. But I would like to say that um, by education, I don't like when people assume that I'm just talking about formal education. Just educate people. Give them access to information in different topics. Uh, so if you can help women to have access to formal education, great. But if not, if you can help them be educated mm -hmm. in different topics and matters either by books, giving them books for to read if they cannot read, putting them watching interesting documentaries or films or videos. We have today social media around and I think that we miss so much from that if we just focus on uh, looking at things that really doesn't uh, add much value, but that's a very potent tool that you can use to educate yourself on various matters. So uh, I would say if you can help people have access to formal education, that would be great. If not, if you could help them being educated. In Africa, I, I, that's, that's a personal pain that I feel because unhappily we didn't have the culture of register our things, our story, our information, and our information is passed from generations to generations orally. And then a lot of things is 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 lose a lost or then um we just cannot share it with people that are not in our circle so if we can start making sure that we write books that we tell our own stories that we can create um a community of role models role models to another woman uh that would be a great way to go i would relate i would at least tell how my mother did it to me. I didn't even know what she was doing and I don't even know if she knows what she was doing. <laughs> but I stop and think today, my mother only studied until eighth grade and this eighth grade, she did it like as an adult, she was pregnant, uh, waiting for me already when she was doing that, 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 uh, 
that uh, trying to do the secondary education, but she never, never prohibited me for experiencing different things. People will come to my house, I remember when I was still young, and say, hey, your daughter, we want her to host a TV show. And I was six or seven. And she was like, okay, cool, take her. Like, we want her to dance or participate in this uh, whatever show. Yeah, okay, cool. And I would do so many different things at that time. It, it seems like I was just a kid being a kid. But today, many of those things that I did helped me a lot. I, I have no problems, like, talking with people and, you know, so if you can, if you don't have means at least to educate your daughter, allow her to learn, allow her to be exposed to different experiences that, because you never know what can really help her uh, on the future. Yes. And I love how you mentioned that it can be through experience because like you said, just any new experience can open up the mind to learn something new and can just open you up for another new experience. So you just never know what's going to come from trying something new. So, so you mentioned, Nail, you have a five-year-old daughter, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. So I'd love to hear from you. What is your, your hope for that future generation of women? So for those girls that are around, you know, your daughter's age, what is your real hope for them for the future? It's so tricky because, you know, when you talk about your own daughter, you would start becoming emotional. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm to give you a very rational answer, but I, I need, I hope that us as parents are able to find the balance between protecting them because we are going through a crazy world right now, but at the same time, allowing them to be exposed to different experiences and situations to experience the world and see the world by their own eyes to commit their own mistakes but at the same time being able to stay focused in a world where we have so many things to distract us even us as adults to distract us so for the next generation i wish that we would have bigger movement of women supporting each other because especially in my in african settings i i know that the patriarchal society is built in a way that they they promote competition between women and then we kind of take that in every field of our life but if we would work together i think we we would reach and accomplish so many things instead of um trying to compete okay competition a little bit of competition is good but if we would support each other more so i would love that to happen i would love to see more bright women that can stand from themselves for their rights and for other people's rights i would love to see not only women but men that see women as equals and check their own insecurities so they don't try to put women in a box just to accommodate. I'm not saying that this is what happens with all men, but I'm saying that it's something that you really see. So I think that's also a work for young, uh, for young mothers to kind of educate, try to educate equally both girls 
and boys, uh, sons and daughters. If you keep teaching your son while he is just a kid that, hey, your sister is your equal. Your sister can also do things that you do if she wants to. Um, basic things like they both eat and you still see in, in African settings that the, the, the girl is the one removing the plates while it's mm. washing the why don't you tell them both each of them take their, their plates to the sink and then at the afternoon your, your sister wash the dishes and at night you wash the dishes not because you will be doing that in their marriage if he feels like helping or doing also because it's not helping he lives in that house but at least he will appreciate the work that women do that often is at home, not not remunerated, and people be like, ah, she doesn't work. Doesn't work? Do you know what it takes? What it means to take care of a full house like 24-7? It's a lot of work, but people just don't have that sense because they never did it. They don't know what it takes to do it. So if we could educate girls and boys equally i think that would really be the key to change the next generation's thoughts of way of thinking yes absolutely and i have my son is almost two and i think about it a lot because i think that there's a responsibility on my part as well like you said to ensure that i'm helping shape how that boy is going to be a man in the world and how, like you said, how he's going to view the girls and the women around him. So I think it's really important, like you said, it can't just come from the women and girls making sure we support each other. It's going to take everybody. We need, yeah. we need them all. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you are so, so right about it is more than a full-time job. I was much, much more drained and exhausted when I was on maternity leave. So I wasn't uh, working outside the home when I was taking care of my son. And then you take care of the whole household. And I think you're right. You don't really understand how much work it is to make sure it runs like little things like, is there toilet paper? <laughs> like, You know, is there, do we have the groceries to be able to, you know, make the food tonight and tomorrow? We, all these things are, they, they take a lot of space up in your brain. And I think unless you've done it, and had to have that responsibility, it's hard to understand. Yes, yes, you have to really be there doing it so that you understand, because otherwise, no matter how much they explain to you, you will never understand, never understand. It's like someone who never washed uh, clothes on their head. I'm try trying to explain, like, it's hard. It's like, what do you mean it's hard? It's just putting in the machine. It's like, no, there's no machine, you know? So you take hours doing that. So it's, 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 it's uh, there are things that you have to experience. You have to do it so that you understand. And then we have men that grow up and die and never touched anything, you know, because it's, it's women's work. And then how can you expect them to understand? There's no way. Yes, I agree. I think through experience is the best way to really understand the amount of work it takes to run a household. It's a lot. <laughs> I would love to hear, Nayla, of one resource or more, if you have more you want to share, but something that's really changed your life or your view on the world. So it could be books, podcasts, TED Talks, whatever it is. You know what? <laughs> That's a tricky one because I have a lot of um, sources that I use to kind of 
check myself, to be constantly evolving and trying to uh, educate myself and trying to be better than I was yesterday. But it would be unfair for me to mention all of the sources without mentioning my mother. For that reason that I explained to you, because I think that you can choose as many role models that you want, but if in your house, in your bases, in your roots, you are not surrounded by strong people that will kind of shape your identity, like early in your uh, life, it's going to be very difficult. And it would be unfair for me not to mention Dona Luciana because she is exactly like I, I have seen her. She, I was raised by, by a strong woman, so it's difficult not to kind of absorb those features. So I believe that she shaped me on not being afraid to talk, not being afraid to stand to what I believe is true and it's right, and defending myself when I believe I am right. But I also admire um, other people, and uh, there is a book that I read that's called Desert Flower, that it really touched me because it tells the story of a, a Somali model that um, she, was, uh, she, she went through genital mutilation, and it made me very curious about it. And then I started investigation, investigating and investigating, and I was so outraged. I wanted to just go into the films and tell people to stop that, doing that. I understand that it's a cultural thing, but that we have also to do their proper investigation of what was the root like when that really started at the beginning, what was the purpose? And then does that situation still exist and make sense in today's uh, world? Like what, what is that? Because we kind of, we were raised not to question things. So we just reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. But that was used when times where the partner would go away for so long hunting and that kind of stuff. And they would do that to reduce women a libido. But they're not going anywhere today. They're just being there all day long. Why do I have... It, it was also wrong on my understanding with respect to everyone's culture. But you were there. Why do I have to cut people? And then you have two or three-year-old girls going through that. So that shook me a lot and made me curious to understand the thing and really investigate the roots of that practice. practice mm. you know, it's not practice. But I also like um, Long Walk to Freedom from by mm. Nelson Mandela because he's just a freedom fighter. And I think that he all might be or should be a freedom fighter in some way, shape or form. And I also becoming by Michelle Obama because it's like, it's just the book. <laughs> it's just, you know, we can all become and we are constantly becoming something. So she had very, even though she was in a, grew up in a very developed uh, country, but she also experienced a lot of, of, of uncertainties to be where, where she, she is today. And it's definitely an inspiration. Yes, those are great. Thank you for sharing. I loved Michelle Obama's book, but I haven't read the Nelson Mandela one you mentioned. So I'm going to have to get on that because he's so inspirational. You should, but it's huge. You have to have time. <laughs> <laughs> Was it long? Yes, yes. More, almost seven, eight hundred pages. Oh, okay. That's okay. I can commit. 
Uh, thank you so much, Nayla, for being here. And I hope everyone enjoyed getting to know Nayla a bit. I know I did. And thanks for tuning in. And we have our last interview of this series tomorrow at 5 p.m. So make sure you tune in then. Thanks again, Nayla. Thank you, Emily. And thank you, everyone. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would love it. Leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Our Gorongosa, head over to OurGorongosa.com and find us on social at OurGorongosa.com.